Welcome to Out of Rich Darkness. I'm Camille Savage-Kroll. And I'm Elena Chia. We're both professors at the University of Music in Freiburg, Germany. In this podcast, we reimagine the ways in which we learn and make music and explore how it can be part of a holistic, healthy way of being in the world. For our second season, we've brought in some help in the form of experts from different fields, ranging from environmental activism to visual arts, who can help us see where our blind spots might be and inspire us to dream bigger. Our guest today is Anne-Therese Gennari. She began her career as a model, and then in 2017, she co-founded Role Models Management, a talent agency that puts ethics, sustainability, and social justice at the core of its business. She describes herself as a climate optimist and is about to start teaching a class in climate optimism, but we'll hear more about that later. First, here's our conversation with Anne Therese. Great to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. I'm very excited to to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking the time. No, I'm I'm thrilled. This is exactly my kind of conversation, so I'm very excited. Cool. Well, one of the f- first questions that we've been asking people from all different backgrounds is what is a piece of music that is important to them or that they that moves them? And I'm wondering if you could share that with us. Yeah, I love talking about music. It's something that's very close to heart for me. And um, I say, I would say I owe a lot of my life to music. I, th- I think most people can agree with. But there is one artist in particular that has had a big impact in my life, and it's Bruce Springsteen. And it's actually because my dad was a complete Bruce Springsteen nerd when I was little. And so <laughs> that is the music I grew up with. And I think there's a video of me when I'm like one years old dancing to Dancing in the Dark. And, you know, it was just like ingrained in my whole upbringing. And so I have a tattoo on my arm that says, you can't start a fire without a spark. (laughs) And uh, it's something about Bruce's music where I think it's just a sense of like familiarity. Mm -hmm. And I listen to it and you can like, I'll walk into a bar and suddenly one of his songs come on and I'm like, yes, I feel like home and I'm back like in my, you know, childhood memories. And yeah, it's just a sense of warmth and encouragement and I always feel like he he brings that to me so yeah he has a special place in my heart mm-hmm. mm, and I love that quote that's such a great quote that you have as a tattoo that it just takes a spark to start a fire you can't start a fire without fire without a spark yeah and it's it's funny you mentioned that because what I'm trying to do now with my climate optimist work and with everything it literally goes back to you being one individual and understanding that you have a much bigger impact than you might realize. And sometimes it's just about, you know, taking the first step and starting something and that is gonna, you know, just multiply into so many different things. And so finding that spark in the darkness and, you know, keep adding fuel to it and it'll grow. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's really beautiful. So speaking of being an individual and, um, you know, wanting to change something and starting something new. Could you tell us a little bit about how you got into modeling and why you wanted to be a model? Yeah, Um, it's um, an interesting story. I had always sort of dreamed about being a model when I was younger, when I was back in Sweden and a teenager. And 
you know, I was watching America's Next Top Model with my mom and thought that would look, that looked so fun and so cool. But living in the countryside of Sweden, I never thought that was ever going to be part of my reality. And um, so I put that just in the back burner and like never really made anything of it until I moved to New York City to actually go to school for marketing. And I had chosen a career and a path in marketing because I really wanted to make a difference in the world. And I thought, you know, there's so much power in imagery and music and how you put together a message. And so if you can trick people into buying shit, for a lack of a better word, <laughs> uh, you can also, you know, use the same tactics to actually make people inspired to make a difference. And so I entered marketing with this sense of like, I want to make a difference in the world and I want to make change. And um, I was really eager and I still am to find ways to best inspire and motivate people. And I looked around me and, you know, just realized that I had no influence in the world. And I had a social media with like 300 followers and they were all like my family, my close, closest friend. And even they were like sick of hearing me talk about climate and all this stuff. And so I'm like, <laughs> all right, I need to grow an audience. And it just dawned on me that maybe I could become a model. And by doing that, by building my own platform, I would then gain that sort of um, influence and voice. And so naively, I thought like, all I have to do is become a fashion model in New York City, and it's all going to be great. And so I set myself out on a journey to become a fashion model. And I was 24 at the time. And for anyone who knows anything about modeling, that's pretty late to start. And so <laughs> I just took in all advice I could gain from photographers and people and, you know, start start to slowly build my portfolio and started going to all these agencies that had open calls and when you get to go and present your book and say, Hey, are you interested in working with me? And I kept saying, getting no's and they never give you feedback of why it was basically just like, Oh, thank you for submitting, but we're not interested. And I had this one voice in my head that says, they kept saying, don't give up, keep doing, keep doing you. And then one day, finally an agency for some reason, for some reason, I don't know, but I, I, I got a yes. And I got signed as a model in New York city. And I thought like, this is it. Like finally everything is just going to happen, you know, by magic, like I'm signed, I'm a model. And like, of course people are going to like finally look up to me and like be so inspired. And that just didn't happen. And, um, on the opposite as a model, I learned that you are almost stripped of your voice even further because mm. they do not want you to speak up about things you care about. <laughs> they do not mm. want you to have an opinion or a strong voice. Mm. And so I was just, you know, told and asked to go to all these castings and spend all my time and energy running around all over town and like, you know, going to a casting for like a new fashion brand that was just going to pollute the oceans even further. And so there was a huge disconnect in what I was trying to do and I, what I was actually spending my time and energy doing. And when I tried to tell my agency that, hey, you know, I want to work for brands that I believe in. I think there's so many cool brands out there and maybe we can try to find a, you know, an alignment where I can actually align my values with the brand's values. I think they sort of listened, but didn't really see where I was coming from. And um, needless to say, like that just didn't happen. So I soon realized that, you know, my mission just was not aligned and I had to figure out a different way. If I want to continue in the, the world of modeling, I had to figure out a different way of doing it differently. And that is when I decided to start my own agency. So that is so amazing. I think it's such an amazing story. I mean, also just to have the idea to become a model in order to use your voice to have people listen to you about climate change. I think there are not many people out there, at least maybe when you had started doing this, who would think about that, put those two activities together <laughs> and try to make the one lead to the other. 
Well, it may not be the, the fastest route to, <laughs> to be a climate <laughs> activist. Like, let's just become a model first. Um, but I guess what I was doing, like, it was funny because people kept asking me if I was modeling, um, mainly because I'm tall and, you know, just have the, those features as people would assume a model would have. And so I think I was getting ideas from there, just from people like asking me questions. But um, it's interesting because I now know so many models who do want to use their platforms to speak up about climate change and social justice and women's rights and all these sort of things. And even now, like I'm talking to models, I'm trying to have them understand what an incredible platform they have. And yeah. it's almost like models for so long have been trained not to speak up and they've been stripped of all their like rights to, to have an opinion. And it's like, I, I, like with the agency, we try to have inspirational, empowering events with our models to say, you have an incredible like, ability to inspire others, like use that platform. Like if you do care about something, like say that. Um, and so it's, it's, an, it's, it's cool to see how, how just by like telling someone that they're allowed to use their voices and suddenly they just bloom into someone new. So, wow. Could you tell us maybe some specific examples of um, maybe areas of the fashion industry or even specific models who are making a change, who are making, um, making a difference and, and thinking about everything that the fashion represent, uh, industry has represented in a different way and, and setting, setting new, new things in, in motion? Yeah, I mean, if I can give a lot of examples of models because I know so many now, but um, I'll give one example. Uh, she, she signed with us about a year ago. Uh, her name is Robin Shaw. She's also now a close friend of mine, but she has been modeling for 15 years and always felt like she was almost a hypocrite because she was studying women science or something in school and wanted to empower women. And here she was being photographed and photoshopped into looking perfect and, you know, just putting out an image into the world that wasn't healthy. And mm -hmm. she's like, how can I continue doing what I actually love? Because I do love modeling, but at the same time, I do want to make this world a better place. And so she was battling for a long time, this disconnect of her mission and her work. And um, it wasn't really until she signed with us where she realized that she could combine the two. And so now she has transitioned into this influencer who she's a young mother. She has a son, adorable son. And um, she uses her platform to speak up about like, how can you be a mindful mother today? What does it mean to start living more zero ways? How can you be more conscious about your fashion? And we have a lot of models who are learning about sustainable fashion and what goes into, you know, producing all the items that we're wearing and are now using their platforms to speak up about that. They are um, pushing stuff like vintage fashion or thrifting or, you know, just looking into the materials and stuff. And so that is, you know, the, the environmental aspect of it is, uh, is really growing. And I, I'm seeing so many models really speaking up for that. But then on the other end, we have a lot of models who are um, nutritional health coaches and are speaking on behalf of mental health and helping mm. people meditate and finding peace of mind. And yeah, I think we also are seeing a world today where we're more acceptive of celebrities, models, musicians, not being perfect. And we almost want to see that side more. Mm. It used to be where like, you want to open a glossy magazine and you see this perfect world and you can like dream away and wish to be <laughs> her. But then it's like, with social media now, it's like, that doesn't even sit right anymore. You know, it's like, it doesn't even Amen. look real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That just wakes up so many things for me, triggers so mm -hmm. many things for me. I mean, um, first of all, with 
models speaking up against things that are happening in the fashion industry, I wonder, do they encounter, um, do they get into trouble with certain fashion brands because they're speaking up and they're just supposed to be the pretty face who is selling the stuff? Well, I think that has definitely been the case. And so many other agencies are um, advising models not to have strong opinions for that reason, because they may not be booked for a job because suddenly they can be damaging image to the brand. Mm -hmm. However, so many brands now are understanding that sustainable fashion is a thing and it's staying. It's not just a trend. Mm -hmm. And they actually now want to align themselves with models who have strong opinions because they understand that those are the people that young people especially are looking up to. And so we're seeing that shift, which is really cool. Um, and I think now what most brands are struggling with is coming across as authentic. Yeah. Because if you look at Black Lives Matter, there were so many brands that were trying to save their asses and just be like, oh, we do care about equality. And then you get called out because if you look back at their Instagram feed, it's just white model after white model and there's no inclusivity whatsoever. And so I think how brands should think about this is like, how can they actually hire models to do care about something? And then, you know, by doing so, they can align their values and back the model's values. And she becomes a spokesperson for the brand more than just a pretty face. And so, yeah, I think it used to be where models could get in trouble for having strong opinions, but that is really shifting. Mm -hmm. That's, That's great. So inspiring. That's really great. It makes me think of... Um, a lot of parallels in the classical music world. And I, I think this is definitely not true when you look at other genres, um, when you look at, at jazz, pop, rock. Um, these, are, these are not problems that these genres have. But the classical music industry, I think a lot, um, there are a lot of similarities maybe even to the fashion industry where models get airbrushed. In, in our branch, it is this incredible standard of perfection um, and adherence to um, to a specific way of playing the music that cannot be cannot be messed with um, that that really stifles a lot of creativity um, a lot of new voices um, and and really keeps us prisoners of of this very very um, small way of, of making music. And I think what's interesting about your story and your path and what you're doing in the world is that you've really realized it's not just the models. It's not just the musicians, you could say. It's also, it also has to be the concert venues. It has to be the agents. It has to be the audience that, that wants something different. And, um, and I like how in your podcast, you've talked about not just, um, not just models using their voices, but the role that consumers have to play and the role that these, these brands have to play in, um, in really um, opening doors and allowing for imperfection and allowing for individual voices to come through and... Um, and to make themselves heard and to connect with people in a completely different way. You use the word authentic. I think that's, that's so important. And it's important that it's not an authenticity that is just something that's being sold to us as authentic, but that actually comes from individuals who have thought about what they're doing um, in, a really, in a really deep way. And, and I hear that 
that is is one of your main goals with your with your agency that you started and and as a person um, also in the in the world. Yeah, I just I, I do uh, it's beautifully said. I want to add too because I feel like that is something that we are facing today, where people are feeling stripped of um, power or hope, where you know, it's easy to look just outside the window or at the news and all you see is like, you know, social injustice and racial injustice and climate change. And there's so many issues and we have a pandemic and the economy is going haywire and it's just like one thing after the other. And um, I don't want to be an alarmist, but this is urgent. Like we, we yeah. don't have time to just sit back anymore. However, I think the biggest mis conception and the biggest misunderstanding is that we, it's someone else from another part of the world that needs to fix this. Right. Yeah. And we tend to look beyond ourselves and then, you know, as soon as they do this, then I can follow or, you know, it's up to the brands to set, set the trends and then we can buy into those trends. Like yeah. that is, they could be more wrong. Everything has to happen at the same time. And so consumers need to start demanding yes. new things and then brands need to follow and start supplying those things. And then, you know, influencers and models need to start, you know, portraying, portraying that image and start pushing that fashion. And um, yeah, like you said, concert venues and agencies, like how can we nurture a culture where that's acceptable? Right. How can we nurture a culture on social media where we can be wrong and we yeah. can learn from one another? And there's been a lot of shaming lately and especially during this whole like unraveling with Black Lives Matter where if you didn't speak up, you were doing wrong. And if you did speak up, you said something that wasn't right. And it, although that was like, you know, I think a big pushback for many, I think in these times we have to understand this is a very, very old energy that's been just stagnant for so long. And it's finally let, you know, it's allowed to be let out and it's going to come out like flood flooding, you know, it's not going to just be like seeping out and like nice little voices, like, please like show your support. And I know this is time for us to all just reflect on what we can do better. But I think what is empowering in all this, and this happened to me too, it's like, you do realize it does come back to yourself. You know, I don't have to wait for someone to finally, you know, be in power. Who's going to tell us all that we can do better. Like I can start doing better today. Um, and I think that is, that is what we really need to start thinking about. Yeah. And, you know, I've been, I've definitely been guilty of that myself of just kind of sitting back and especially in our little world of music where I kind of sit back and, um, I feel like I'm in the black sheep, um, except for Camille here, (laughs) we are the black sheep (laughs) (laughs) sort of in our (laughs) little world and, and kind of think, well, I don't really want to rock the boat. And I've done that for way too long. And this podcast is a way of us not doing that anymore. But I mean, when I think about it, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm a professional. I am 43 years old. And this, it's taken me this long to step up and to start standing up for my opinions. What would you say to a young person who wants to shake things up and is afraid of all this authority around them, like especially in our classical music worlds. I just had, um, I just taught a lesson and my student was wearing this really cool outfit. And I said, hey, I love your outfit. And she said, yeah, you know, I, I know people will complain about it, but, um, but I just think in, in music, you have to be free and you have to be you have to be yourself and you have to be individual, but classical music is all about people telling you what you can't do. And it's so unfortunate, but that seems to be the case. So what would you tell young people like, 
like models who were starting to speak up and were still getting trouble for doing that. How do you keep yourself sane and still make this kind of change and still believe that you can do it? Well, many things. Um, I want to start by saying, if not you, then who? Mm -hmm. And I think if everyone keeps saying that, it's like, we need change today. And so we all need to find our inner spark of wanting to be that change. And I think it's important to remember that no matter what you're doing, you're planting seeds. And I always come back to this because I was told this once when I was an angry activist and frustrated with the world. And my, my aunt actually told me like, remember that you're planting seeds. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? But now it just, it's so clear where as long as I keep doing my, like keep doing me and doing the things that I truly believe in, people will see that, you know, and you may not see it instantly, but it might just be a day or a few weeks or a year. Some other people are going to be adapting to your way of being. And the only way we can change society or an industry or the world is by doing things differently. We can talk about doing things differently, but it takes someone to actually do things differently to start, you know, setting new trends. And um, obviously being a pioneer and someone who tries to make things different can be, can feel lonely. It can be scary at first. And so I think I would say, try to seek out a community of people who are more like-minded find support in one another. Like we are maybe quarantined and like divided uh, physically right now, but there is so much to gain online. And if there's anything you should be using social media for is really that community um, feeling and building up that network of support and find comfort in being open. Like it's back to authenticity, but like it's, it's terrifying to be real and to open up and say what you really believe in. But as soon as you do, I'm telling you so much, it's going to come back to you and it will empower you. And if anything, it's going to feel so good to finally speak your truth and not be quiet anymore. And not everyone is a change maker. Like not everyone is driven to make a difference. And I think that's important to remember. Mm -hmm. But if you are someone who really feels like I can't be stuck in this box anymore, then come out. Like the world needs you. And I feel like we are, there's so many light workers around the world right now. They're being called to wake up. And I think we are being called because there's so much unraveling going on. There's so much darkness. And so like, if we don't come up, like, again, if not you, then who? That's all I will say. Mm. Yeah. I would love to give a little shout out at this point to the Fridays group at the, at the Hochschule für Musik here in Freiburg. Um, it, we started last semester, we started a little group of people in the Hochschule who met one day a week. Um, always on a different day, always one day earlier. And we sat in the middle of our institution, of our, of our music university conservatory, in a circle every, every day for or every week um, for three hours. And um, sometimes we were a very big group and sometimes we were a very little group. But we decided to take the time to educate ourselves about the climate um, so each week, one of us, at least one of us, sometimes two, would give a little talk about things that they had been researching and reading. And then we would discuss ways that we could start to change our institution. And, um, and we were able to, even in, even in just the one semester, and then came the corona semester, and we've, we've continued to be active online. Um, but I, I can only say that that also was my experience of 
coming together with people. It was a great mix in this case of professors and students um, who had a, this common goal and openly saying, this is what we want to change and this is who we are. And um, yes, we got some very strange looks, but there were also people who would wander by and, um, and listen in on our conversations. And there was something about being together and being, being open, being um, completely honest with everyone about what we wanted to do um, that was very freeing. And it was sometimes very difficult to get up um, extra early on those days when maybe I wouldn't have even been in the music university. Um, but every time that I got there, I was always so grateful that I, that I made the effort because um, I received something from the people who were there with this common, with this common goal. And um, it, it is our little small movement in, in our institution. Um, but it re that really is all that it, that it takes sometimes. Um, one little, one little spark. And, um, and you don't, you don't know, like you said, you don't know what it's going to turn into. Um, but I think that's one of the biggest things that I struggle with is how do I make, um, make my voice heard? How do I be a change instigator and still take care of myself? Um, how do I exist in an institution that needs change so desperately and be the change as much as I can and not burn out. Um, and that, that's really, it's, I think, you know, I've realized it's a, it's a daily thing. Um, but I'm still searching also for, for ways to do that, to take care of myself and to keep planting seeds. And maybe you could even just say a few more words about how those things come together for you. Yeah, I just, I want to start by saying thank you so much for doing that. I was just smiling the whole time because that is literally what we need. And it's easy to think where, you know, I'm in the music industry or I work in oh, dentistry, whatever it is, like climate change does not hit my lane. We have to remember it hits everyone's lane and it's not just affecting third world countries or California, where we have wildfires, like climate change is happening right now. It's going to affect everyone. It already is affecting everyone. And it's, it's alarming that we don't know enough of what's literally right around the corner and how urgent it is. And I mean, thanks to Greta, we're starting to understand we need to stir up the pot and really make difference in the world. But it's, um, it's still this sort of like distant thing where one day it's going to be awful or, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's coming, it's not here. Like, like we have to, we have to act now or else. And the only thing the human brain hears is it's one day, it's not here. It's not happening right now. It's not literally in my face at this very moment. And although we know we need to act, it's really hard to find that spark to get to action. And it's just part of human psychology and it's really, it's frustrating, but you know, there's always going to be something more urgent to deal with. Like, what am I going to eat tonight? Or what am I going to wear for this thing? Or, you know, she just said this and that was hurtful. Like as a human being, we have to remember like we are human beings and we can't feel ashamed for not getting to action about something as big as climate change because how it's being been presented to us, it's a, it's this huge issue that's literally all over the world. And like, we need like global leaders to take action. And so to be an individual and hear all these things and li like literally be told that your future is not looking bright uh, and then not feeling like we can actually do something to make a difference. 
it, you will start to build up anxiety and turn that inwards. And how you then respond is like, okay, how, how can I still continue living my life? Because I don't want to live with this anxiety every single day. And so you will turn it inwards. It will start adding up to depression and then ultimately apathy where you don't really do anything. And the best way to, to go about that is what you just did. What is something you can do? You know, action is literally the, the opposite of apathy and depression, because if you act, if you do just the tiniest thing that you believe in, there is no way you can feel hopeless because every time you do something, you're proving to yourself and to the world that there's things we can do and you start believing in that. And then you, that just fuels you to do even more and doing that in, with others. So in community with others is even more empowering. Mm -hmm. And you ask the questions of like, how can we be aware of everything that needs to change? How can we be aware of how wrong things are and still find hope in that? And at the same time, find ways to be healthy and happy because I don't believe that we're here to suffer uh, because like, oh, now we're like paying this karmic debt that, you know, thousands of years of humanity has built up for us. Like, we're not doomed from being born today. I think I don't think that's the case. I think every human being is here to have a beautiful experience. And so I think we have to remember that first of all, but there are ways that you can be an activist and still be happy and healthy. And I actually happen to think that that is the best way you can make an impact. Uh, and I've learned that from being an angry activist myself many years. I actually, when I first learned about the agriculture industry and um, the, um, like the meat industry and dairy industry, I was so upset with myself and the world that I turned that into self-loathing and actually started starving myself, mm -hmm. which is something I've just come to terms with because I didn't mm -hmm. realize how I, I would sometimes just be like, you need to be hungry because there are animals hurting around the yes. world. And so who are you to feel right yes, when there is so much ourselves. pain? Yeah. yeah. And then of course, what happened was I kept getting sick and I was always tired and you know, it just did not at all help fuel my activism. And so yeah. it took me a lot of just, making a lot of like I had to make a lot of mistakes to then finally come to a place where my own happiness and health is the first and most important thing I need to mm -hmm. tend to because only then can I then make a difference for others and for the world and so I think what I'm teaching and which I'm about to start teaching if I am to like give myself a little shout out in my climate optimist class launching in August it's literally about that how can we seek out the activities that will keep us healthy and happy and um, in community with one another? And how do you make sure that you can show up for this activism every single day, not just for a few weeks, but for years to come? Because I think this might be a whole lifetime. Like the climate crisis yeah. along all the other crises we're facing, it's not gonna be over after like, oh, let's just work really hard for four years and then for the next <laughs> election, like we're all good, you know? It's like, let's be realistic, that's not gonna happen. Uh, and I think too, what we need to remember is everything will have to change, which is a really exciting thing, but humans yes. tend to not be excited about change. It's terrifying. Cause it's like, I don't know anything about that. Like you're telling me I have to not drive my car anymore. And like, everything's going to be electric. Like at first that sounds really difficult and like such a huge step that we feel like that's never going to happen. But then you have to think about like, think about 20 years ago, no yeah. one had a smartphone in their hands, you know? So things can happen really fast. And think about um, Corona. Exactly. I know. Things right. can change here that yeah. fast. Yeah. And like, look at that, how I mean, humans are very capable of change. Yes. Like we are so able to like get to action if we have the right incentives. And so, yeah, I think 
remembering that things do need to change. And so the best that we can do to, to nurture ourselves in all of this is being more adaptive to change, mm-hmm. learning how to be in flow, being more okay with things, not being as they are today and mm-hmm. um, learning how to, to look for those new opportunities. Which is actually exactly what music should teach us how to do. And I often find it's such a paradox that the way it's often taught, that's not what it does in classical music. But I love how you say that you have to make yourself happy first. You have to take care of yourself first. And out of that, that's like the source that you draw on to create positive change because we are all connected. And I'm thinking of myself as a younger person when I was a student, I really always thought totally black and white. Okay, I either I have to go f- just fully whole hog for my career and I just do this music thing or I completely my my fantasy was go to Tibet and um become a a Buddhist and just meditate until I'm pure enough to do something in the world. Um <laughs> but but you're talking what you're talking about is finding a balance and that makes me think that there is actually hope for musicians and artists of all kinds creating change because this um, making art could really be such a great balance. It could be such a great um, way of of expressing all the emotions, all the the maybe the depression, the frustration that come up through things that are happening in the world today. And I think that's really what we need to do. We need to make ourselves um, artists who can, into artists who can respond to all this that's going on, who can also give people like you and um, lots of other people the energy to go on and to think, yeah, this can be inspiring. Change can be inspiring. And actually, if, if you're playing music and you're improvising, you are you're dealing with change in real time and i think this that can be an amazing lesson for so many people art has such an important part to play in changing the world and i think as a musician and to all your listeners it can be easy to forget that but art in its purest form is so healing mm-hmm. i um i don't consider myself an artist although i do i've been playing music since i was six and always writing and writing songs and you know finding ways to let out my creativity and then I turn more into like the business side of myself and there are times in my life where I don't nurture my artistic side as much and I never I always lose touch with my mission when I do Mm. and I'm like why am I so frustrated why do I why do I feel like I don't trust myself my own journey and you know I feel like I can't make an impact and like all these like thoughts keep crashing into my head and then all it takes is for me to take a break or start writing again or whatever it is and I just find that light and I think that's a really important reminder that our art really is what's going to fuel all of this yes and And then yeah on the other side of that I also think that artists can I mean we can become so self-centered and just so fixated on what we're doing and how important it is and you kind of have to have that obsession (laughs) to be an artist and yet at the same time it's really unhealthy so it's not that you know being just an artist makes you a healthy person I think quite on the contrary but having um contributing to something like fixing the world (laughs) like trying to reverse climate change could be the other side of being an artist and it could give real depth to what we're doing in our music 
Yeah. I mean, if anything, you can give meaning to what you're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think also it can be something, this is something we forget when we, when we, a lot of people, when they start studying music, um, but a lot of people in the, in the professional realm, um, that art is also there to heal us. It's not just something we give. I think, I think that's also something that's forgotten a lot. What you just said, what it is for you, it is also that for us. If we, if we remember that and if we allow it to be, and it's, mm-hmm. it's such a crazy thing to think about. I think when people think about artists, they think, oh, they're, they're doing their hobby for their work. But the problem is a lot of times we forget why we even started doing this. Mm-hmm. And we forget about how art and music nourishes our own souls. And we forget how to let it do that. Mm. And, um, and I loved the example you gave right at the beginning about dancing to Bruce Springsteen's music when you were little and your associations, your emotional connection to the music, and even what you just said about writing your own songs. And um, that is the type of creative um, nourishment that music offers us, um, which can be a pendant to um, what feels like a struggle a lot of times when we're when we're facing um, things like climate change. So thank you for that yeah, and reminder. I, you just mentioned that you said like, oh, maybe I should go to Tibet and like, you know, meditate for months. And I, I myself struggle with meditation because I'm like, you know, always in the go and want to get stuff done. And for me to sit down, like I, I, I'm trying to get better, but it's something I'm not a natural meditator, if, if you want to say so. But, you know, I keep getting messages like I need to balance my root chakra and like balance myself because I tend to be up here doing all these things. Like coming back to my grounding is really important. But then I also remember I, t- I took this um, chakra teaching course in New York City many years ago. And these chakra masters were like literally giving you different examples of how you can balance your chakras and your root chakras, particularly music is really powerful. Like music with heavy drums, especially. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when I'm like feeling like I'm losing myself and I just need some grounding, I go for a walk and listen to really good music and I feel like I'm back again. So music has that ability. And I think as a creative person, find your own outlets for healing and balance and, um, and finding your way in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. By the way, I did, I signed up for your, for your class and I'm excited about it. Could you maybe (laughs) just take a second to tell people who don't know about that, what your class is about? Yeah. So I'm really excited because on August 5th, I am launching my climate optimist class and it is for anyone who is concerned about the climate or the future, who wants to start making a change, but doesn't know where to start or what to do, who is struggling with liking like loving life and enjoying life but at the same time you know being aware of everything that's going on and it's basically someone who's just like tell me how i can be make a difference and um the climate optimist class touches on you know the human psychology behind change when do we change when do we not change how can we help inspire others around us how do we stay healthy uh how do we find the fuel that will keep our activist engine going and what we just talked about like finding that balance of like infusing activism into your everyday life and it's not just something you do on the weekends or whenever you find energy but like it's actually part of you and so yeah for anyone who wants to be inspired and be happier as an activist and as a human being today i hope you sign up excellent i'm looking forward to it and so one last question was about um 
I'm also reflecting on myself as a young person when I got into classical music. Well, I was in classical music all my life, but when I, when I, when I started to become professional, it was really exciting because I got to travel all around the world and go on mm. tours. And, and sometimes it was, it was really amazing. I learned so much. I got to see places I would never have seen before. I got to meet musicians I would never have met before. So that aspect of it was absolutely invaluable. And it was, and then it, at some point it became kind of an obsession and, and an addiction to always be on the road so much so that I almost never wanted to be at home. And I would think nothing of just jumping on a plane. Now I look back, I think, oh my God, I have the worst carbon footprint ever. Um, and, and that, but that kind of lifestyle is still really attractive to a lot of young people getting into music. And it's something that they hope for and wish for. So what would you say as a climate activist, would you try to talk them out of having those, those desires, those goals, or is there some way to find a happy compromise or to find, you know, some other attractive alternative? Oh, big question. Um, <laughs> I can relate to everything you just said. I myself love traveling and, you know, for many years I was back and forth between Sweden and New York. And although I did stay for months at a time in each place, it was still a lot of traveling and it was always, always something nagging me in the back of my head of like, probably I shouldn't be flying as much. And it's, it's honestly hard to live in society today and not make an impact. Um, but of course we need to start looking at like electric vehicles and different ways of transportation. But I do also think that we need to look at ourselves and really start to rethink everything. Yes. Being a musician used to be, you know, it used to mean that you had a lifestyle where you travel everywhere, but I know that it's addicting in itself, but I don't think it's really that good for your health in the long run either. Mm -hmm. And I myself was someone who was like, I need to live in New York City. Like that is where my life is. And then it was funny because we had just moved back there from San Francisco last year. And I was so stoked to be back in the big city and living the big city life. And it's the city of my dreams. I love it till, till this day and always will. But then COVID hit and everything changed. And my husband and I moved out to the countryside and long story short, we actually decided to move out of our New York city apartment, which we did last weekend to fully commit to the country lifestyle. Wow. And it was terrifying to do so. Cause I'm like you, it's like, I need to be in the road. Like I need that energy. But then I think as society and the world is shifting, I think the energy is shifting as well. And I think it's important that we start to find value in other things in life. And you can still tour. I mean, maybe you just try to plan it in a way where like, can you take a train? Mm -hmm. Can you stay in different parts for longer parts of time? Like it doesn't have to be where you're in the city for two days and you can barely even catch a breath until then day. jump on another train or like a flight and be somewhere else the next day. So I think we do have to really think about, you know, what is the impact we're leaving behind and um, in trying to make it as green as possible, we will feel better too. And in doing so, we can inspire others. And I mean, COVID changed a lot of things. Like now it's acceptable to have a concert online where it's like, you didn't used to be that way. I'm not saying it, it doesn't, doesn't even compare to the experience you have being in concert house or like in person. Um, but maybe there is a way where you can travel locally and still have that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's something we definitely want to start thinking about the, like, just like farming, how can we, how can we make our music more locally? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the word inspiration. And I just want to say you are such an inspiration. And thank you so much for everything that you're doing. 
um, it really is amazing to see someone just taking a stand and um, and making things happen. And you've planted seeds that are definitely growing all over the place and probably many that you will never know about. But thank you so much for that. And thank you also for taking the time to talk with us today. Um, it's been really inspiring. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you for having me. I'm so joyed. So good to have these conversations and keep doing what you're doing and keep changing your industry. It gives me a lot of joy. Thank you for listening to Out of Rich Darkness. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take the time to leave us a review so that more people can find us. You can help us grow our community of positive change by engaging with us. What's on your mind? Who should we talk to next? We'd love to hear from you on social media.